We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. Your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com podcast. It is game day. Lakers Warriors game for a pivotal game where the Lakers go up 3-1 in the series while the Warriors nod it at two and take back home court advantage this is a critical matchup tonight again the Lakers taking on the Warriors in Los Angeles hopefully we get a little bit more of a rambunctious crowd in LA than we did for game three they were a little bit subdued a lot of comments going on around that so hopefully if you are going to the game tonight you fire it up get ready to be loud for your Los Angeles Lakers. We've got a lot to talk about on today's show. I do have some super chats left over from our last post-game show, which we'll discuss. That will pinball me into a lot of different topics. But before I get into that, I want to talk a little bit about Game 3 and what we saw in that game. Like, what's sustainable? What isn't sustainable? I think one of the things that we have to keep in mind is that, yes, it felt great to see the Lakers win by 30. That's always wonderful, right? To get a stress-free fourth quarter. The Warriors were waving the, the white flag at like, what, the nine-minute mark, something like that, of the fourth quarter. So we got to pretty much kick back, relax, and just celebrate a Lakers win. It would be phenomenal to see that again, but that's not what I'm expecting. That's not what I'm expecting because so many things went right for the Lakers in game three that you wouldn't necessarily project to go right again in terms of, well, the one big one the three-point shooting, the Lakers hitting more threes than the Warriors and at a higher percentage than the Warriors, that's not something you would expect to see happen very often. And the Lakers shot 48% from deep in game three. Again, I said that they were due for a regression game, that it was time for them to have a game where they shot above 40% from three. They hadn't done it since game one against Memphis. That's how long it had been since the Lakers had had a solid shooting game. In fact, most games, they were shooting somewhere in the mid-20s from three and yet still finding ways to win. So you knew that if they had even just a decent three-point shooting, I mean, my goodness, just give us 35%, 36%, and you're in really good shape with this Lakers team. But no, in game three, they gave you 48% from deep. Meanwhile, the Warriors, the Warriors couldn't hit anything. It seemed like finally, finally, the numbers caught up with them and they weren't able to hit it. That is their bread and, bread and butter, right, is shooting threes. The Warriors shot just 29.5% from deep in game three. Again, neither of those things is likely to happen in game four. The Warriors shooting that poorly, the Lakers shooting that well. So that's something to keep in mind. I'm anticipating 
a very, very close game four. I'm anticipating a battle. If we go back to the Memphis series and we think about how difficult, how close game four was against Memphis, wouldn't shock me if we get something like that in game four here tonight in this series. Obviously, critical for the Lakers to find a win, but the Warriors are going to be throwing everything at them because they know they can't go down 3-1 to the Lakers. So I'm expecting the three-point percentage to have a little bit of regression in both directions. So the Warriors shooting a little bit better, the Lakers shooting a little bit worse. A lot has been made of the free throws. A lot. And frankly, I'm a little embarrassed to say that I've spent too much time arguing this point on social media, on Twitter, um, with different fans, particularly Warriors fans, who are not happy with the free throw numbers for the Lakers compared to the Warriors. 17 free throw attempts for the Warriors, and a lot of those coming in the fourth quarter after the game was already over. Uh, and then 37 free throw attempts for the Lakers. But to me, this is kind of what these teams are. Right now, you could say it shouldn't be that pronounced of a difference. And I'm really curious to see how the referees officiate game four. You could say it shouldn't be that pronounced of a difference. But look, the Lakers, one of their main goals offensively is to get to the free throw line. Right. The Warriors don't have that goal. The Warriors have the goal of making threes. Look, they have very different strategies. As much as people complain about today's NBA and say offenses are all the same. Everybody just spams high pick and roll. That's all anybody does, right? I've, I've seen people complain about this all the time. Oh, there's too many threes in the NBA today. Nobody has any real different styles. Go back to the 80s, back when you had all these different styles of play. Some teams went twin towers and some teams went you know, with these different strategies and things. I get it. There's a lot of threes in today's NBA. And yes, you do see a lot of high screen and roll. And then defenses have a few different uh, options in terms of how they're going to cover it. Are they going to drop? Are they going to hedge? Is it a high drop? Is it a, a low drop? What All these different things, right? Are they going to blitz the pick and roll? That's today's game. And look, it's a copycat league. So I think there is something to the argument that a lot of offenses kind of copy each other and it winds up looking fairly similar. But this is a series where we have two teams who have drastically different goals on the offensive end. So why then are we so surprised that the Lakers, who have as one of their main goals, if not their main goal, right? This one and one A or one A and one B are get into the paint on offense and get to the free throw line. And those two things tend to go hand in hand, right? That's the Lakers goal. And for the Warriors, the goal is, shoot lots of threes, make lots of threes. Three is more than two, and we're going to win that way because that's how math is going to work for us. These two teams could not be more different in how they are trying to score points. So again, you would expect the Lakers, being the team that focuses on getting to the free throw line and getting into the paint, to be the team to shoot more free throws. And then going the other way, the Lakers, look, Darvin Ham just talked about this. They drive home. Right, their defense, it is all about not fouling. That is one of the key tenets of their defense. It is do not foul. Darvin Ham talked about how much they instruct players to show referees their hands so they won't get called for silly fouls and things like that. This is a key piece to a Lakers defense that's been very, very good. So you add that into the mix. The Lakers in the regular season committed the fewest fouls of any team in the league. 
They did. And look, I know haters would say, well, it's because the NBA is cheating and, and it's rigged and, and all this kind of stuff. And they won't call things against the Lakers. No, just the Lakers are really good at defending without fouling. Why? Because their coaches drill that over and over and over again. The Lakers offense is set up to get to the free throw line. Their defense is set up to not put their opponents at the free throw line. The Warriors offense is set up to take lots of threes. That's their offensive scheme. Their defense. Well, guess what? They foul a lot. They shoot very few free throws. In fact, they're dead last in the NBA in free throw attempts during the regular season. That tends to go hand in hand with shooting lots of threes, just like the Lakers focusing on getting to the paint tends to go hand in hand with shooting lots of free throws. The Warriors shoot lots of threes. What you're giving up by shooting lots of threes is getting free throw attempts. It's strategy. The Warriors have baked this in to their thought process. Then you get into the foul situation defensively. What do the Warriors do? They tend to play undersized. That gives them an advantage on the offensive end, gives them more opportunities to shoot threes. Why? Because quick little guys can get out to the three-point line and shoot that shot before the bigger opponents can get out to defend it. Again, three is more than two. That's what the Warriors are gambling on. They're going to hit enough threes to win the game. But those little guys on the defensive end, look, Draymond Green is a, phen a phenomenal defender, but when he's 6'6", with a 7-1 wingspan going up against Anthony Davis, who's 6'10 with a 7-6 wingspan, it's kind of difficult for these guys to defend a bigger, stronger Lakers team without fouling them. Case in point, the Warriors were 28th in the NBA in fouls committed per game. Only two teams in the NBA fouled more than they did. So again, you have the Lakers who are elite at getting to the free throw line and not fouling, and the Warriors who are terrible at getting to the free throw line and not fouling. It's no shock that there is a free throw discrepancy in this series. Once again, this is part of the Warriors strategy. They, they fully understand that they are not going to win the free throw battle and they are conceding that in exchange for shooting more threes and ideally hitting more threes than their opponent. I mean, even in this game where the, War where the Lakers knocked down more threes than the Warriors did, 15 to 13, the Warriors took... 13 more threes. They took 44 threes on the night. The Lakers took 31. That's the game plan. That's the scheme. So that's something else to keep an eye on here. The Lakers, when we look at this, and, and people scream and cry about why are the Lakers getting so many free throws? Because that's the plan. Because that is, if we, go, if we pan back and we go big picture, macro, what is it the Lakers offense wants to do? What is it the Warriors offense wants to do? They want to do two very, very, very different things. The Lakers want to hit a lot of free throws. They want to get to the free throw line. The Warriors want to shoot a lot of threes, right? That's the goal for these teams. So what, it, when the Warriors shoot a lot of threes, should Lakers fans complain? Oh, the Warriors shouldn't be allowed to shoot so many threes. This is ridiculous. It's rigged. No. Because that was their plan going in, was to shoot lots of threes. The Lakers' plan going in was, hey, let's put their defense in a position where they have to foul us. And they do foul a lot, so they're going to. And we're going get to get to shoot a lot of free throws. And I'll tell you the other thing. The Lakers' defense is also set up for their offense to get to the free throw line. We look at this Lakers team, and they've struggled in transition. They've struggled defending in transition. So if they're able to get to the free throw line on the offensive end, well, that stops transition play typically, right? Because you make two free throws, dead ball, 
all right, you have time to get your defense back and I'm set. Whereas if you're shooting a lot of threes, shooting these long jumpers, long rebounds, well, that puts the opponent into semi-transition if they're able to come away with the board. So the Lakers defense, which is not very good in transition, but is incredible, absolutely amazing, and half-court defense, their defense is also set up to capitalize on their offense getting to the free-throw line a lot. Again, this is all big-picture strategy for both of these teams. So going into Game 4, what does all of this mean? Well, it's going to be really interesting to see. All the buzz about the free-throws that the Lakers are shooting, does that change anything? Does that change the way the referees approach this game? Because that, you know, as much as you love to say the players decide the game, when you have a team like the Lakers who have both their offense and their defense built around getting to the free throw line and not putting their opponent on the free throw line, those are key, key pieces on both ends of the floor for this Lakers team. The officiating can go a long way in one way or another. Again, when I look at this series and I see game two, where the Lakers only shot one more free throw than the Warriors did, to me, that's a lot fishier than the Lakers shooting 20 more free throws than the Warriors. Why? Because you would expect there to be a big discrepancy in free throw attempts, just like you would expect there to be a big discrepancy in three-point attempts. The teams employ a different strategy. So what do we see in game four from the officiating side? Going to be critical. Do we see a game that is officiated the way we saw game one, the way we saw game three officiated Warriors fans again will scream to the heavens that this was a travesty, that this was uh, the NBA rigging things for the Lakers. No, I just think the Warriors fouled a lot and they got called for it. So the question becomes in game four, do the Warriors get to foul a lot and not get called for it because of all of this buzz? Or do we see them get whistled when they commit fouls? That's going to be a big question heading into game four, and it's going to be a major storyline throughout the night. How many free throws do the Lakers get? Are the Warriors being whistled for fouls, or are they getting away with more? It's a little bit strange when we think of it, because typically, right, like the bigger, stronger team, which is the Lakers in this matchup, isn't the team that necessarily needs to worry about free throws so much. But the way this team specifically is set up and their strategies, it really means that they are in some ways reliant on getting to the free throw line on both ends of the floor. Their, their offense relies on getting to the free-throw line. Their defense relies on their offense getting to the free-throw line. So again, it's going to be something to keep an eye on all night as we watch Game 4. By the way, if you haven't done so yet, come join us over on Playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. Watch the game directly with us. It is a blast. We hang out. We get through it together. We stress out together. We tilt together as the game goes on. So hang out with us. Again, game starts at 7 o'clock tonight. Lakers, Warriors, Game 4, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. All right, let's get into some of our fan questions and comments here. We got plenty to talk about, and we'll kick things off with this. It's kind of funny. It's Fiddle. Said, Tristan Thompson dunk on the Warriors' soul cheese. Yeah, Tristan Thompson did get, he got some minutes in the garbage time, and boy, did I love seeing a lot of garbage time in the Lakers' favor. But Tristan Thompson did dunk all over the Warriors. Super dope hip-hop. Lonnie Walker. Uh, Troy Brown, Malik Beasley, uh, crazy. What a fair whistle can do. AD was a beast. Yep. 21, eight and eight and 50% for the playoffs. Braun now 40 magic 24 bird. Oh, in terms of LeBron putting up at least those, those numbers. Yeah. He's had an incredible, 
an incredible run here in the postseason. He's been doing insane things. And here's my my big thing on on LeBron. And we'll talk plenty about Lonnie Walker in just a bit. But LeBron, he's been really impressing me with what he's done defensively, what he's been doing as a shot blocker, what he's been doing as a rebounder. People look at him and they say, what, what do you mean? He hasn't had a 45-point game yet? Oh, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong with LeBron. He's done. Father time caught up. He's washed. No, look at what he's doing elsewhere. Look, maybe the foot injury really is bugging him, and that's taking its toll on his offense. Maybe he was in a shooting slump from three, and that took a toll on his offense, offensive production. Maybe this Lakers team allows him to take a little bit more of a back seat, and maybe that's not even the right term to use, but maybe not have to bear the entire burden on the offensive end. Maybe it's all of the above. Maybe it's all of those things combined, but people see LeBron's not dropping 45 a night and we're totally missing all the things he's doing elsewhere on the floor to help the team win things that are incredibly important. So it's a little crazy to me that we're still so attached to the scoring column in terms of whether or not a player has a good game. Um, LeBron has been very efficient, didn't even shoot in the first quarter in this game and yet D'Lo had it going and I think that's what this Lakers team provides him this team and this is I don't want to go too far and like gush over this Lakers we don't know what this Lakers team is going to do this this they could go out in this round we don't know but this is kind of what LeBron's been talking about for years right and really what his whole play style has been about forever he doesn't care in terms of who's scoring the ball and who's and, and who's doing what. If it's him that has to put up 40 to win, fine. Right? If he is to if he's gonna put up 15 and he's gonna get 12 assists, fine. It doesn't matter. And that's always been, I think, a testament to LeBron as a player. Now, some people look at oh, Alpha superstar it means Kobe, means MJ, means you are taking the last shot. Every single time you're putting the team on your back and off you go. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that's that's not LeBron. That's just not the way he's ever been. He's taken a ton of flack for passing in big moments in games and things like that. And then you go back to the Wolves game, right, in the play-in. And LeBron, again, crunch time, clock winding down. He kicks out to Dennis Schroeder, who drills a three. That's LeBron. It doesn't have to be him taking a pull-up jumper holding his finger in the air, right? His follow-through as the ball goes through the net. That's not LeBron's definition of a, of a great play, of a great moment. He reads what the defense gives you, and he capitalizes on that. And that's always been his, his approach to the game. So when people are getting on him right now for not having these, this insane scoring game, I think too many people are missing in all of that, the other things that he's doing. That's helping this team. And I'm sure he's happy as can be. As long as they win. That's all he's worried about. All right. DLP said, want to thank Sean for carrying the show while Trevor was on the injury report last week. Yes, 100%. Sean, the guys did a great job uh, holding it down for me while I, I had completely lost my voice. I was sick. Um, and, and even as I was getting over being sick and started feeling good, I still didn't have my voice back. I had nothing. Nothing. And, uh, and it was brutal, right? Brutal during this time of year to not have your voice. So we're so, so thankful that those guys did such an incredible job hanging in there. Eric gave a super chat and said, drinks on me. Well, Eric, we thank you. We appreciate you for that. Joshua, 
said Lonnie Walker gave us the Russell Westbrook style of energy we've been lacking. Hashtag run it back. Well, I'm sure I'm sure not every Laker fan would say they've been lacking Russell Westbrook. I get what you're saying, though, in terms of the energy, right? Lonnie gives you that athleticism, that ability to finish. But I'll tell you what I really loved about Lonnie's game in game three, and I would expect to see him from here on out in the series. Um, the Lakers and LeBron had talked about this in game two, that he felt like they just weren't scoring enough to really manage these Warriors runs. You know the Warriors are going to go on some big runs here and there. Even if you're playing really well defensively, they're going to hit a stretch where they're taking really tough shots and they're just all falling, right? I mean, we've seen it. This happens. And so your defense can be playing at a very high level and still be getting scored on. So what do you need in those situations? You need to be able to, if not completely keep pace, at least keep yourself in it offensively. And that's what the Lakers couldn't do in game two. So you put in a guy like Lonnie Walker, who essentially took Troy Brown's minutes uh, in game three, and you get a guy who's a bit more dynamic offensively, who can get hot in an instant and go on a quick run and give you a little bit of that scoring burst. The question is, can he hang in there defensively? Can he not get burned on that end of the floor? And I want to give Lonnie a lot of credit because I thought that not only did he hold his own on the defensive end, he also played within himself offensively. This is a guy who's playing for his next contract, and he wasn't gunning for stats. Instead, I thought he played very under control. He took opportunities that were there for them. Uh, when, when the opportunity was not there for him to do something, he moved the ball. He was great. Didn't force anything. I liked what we saw out of Lonnie, and, uh, and fantastic. This is great for him, and uh, I would expect him to get minutes from here on out. James Bell. I'll be first to say Lakers and Heat. Back to the finals rematch. Let's go. No Mickey Mouse chip this time. I would love to see that, James, because that would mean that the Celtics did not make it. Um, Philly and the Celtics now now uh, tied, I believe, at two apiece. So Philly hanging in there, had to go to overtime against Boston today to get that. But nonetheless, uh, yeah, I, look, I, I'd be more than fine with that. Of course, the NBA would rather see Lakers-Celtics, but I would be more than fine with Lakers heat again. Mamba mentality. Now I need to call off work to celebrate this victory. We found something that works. And it's not a play. The Golden State Warriors are incompetent against the bigger physical bodies. Keep that strategy for next game. Treat the game like a game seven LFG. Yeah, you really do have to treat game four as though it is a game seven for the Lakers. They just do. They have to treat it as though it's a game seven. They have to treat it like it's a must win because the opportunity to go up 3-1 on this Warriors team can't be passed up. A lot of the work that you did in game three gets undone if you lose game four because suddenly you don't have home court again. you got to go to Golden State and get a win. Not easy to do. We know the Warriors play much worse on the road than they do at home. Again, I'm expecting an absolute fight tonight in game four, but the Lakers need to figure out some kind of way to come through and get it done. We're going to pause for just a moment to, to give a shout out to our sponsor, and that is Shady Rays. You've heard me talk about them before. My favorite sunglasses brand, my daily driver sunglasses. I've have, I have five pairs of Shady Rays because I like so many of the different styles that they've got. Uh, Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames are, are an extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures and they offer the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on the first day you have them, uh, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. 
Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchased. I can verify this. I have done this before. I have broken a pair of Shady Rays sunglasses, gotten a replacement pair in the mail. It is a super simple process. Um, can verify this. It, it is legit. It's real. Yeah, you break your sunglasses, they send you another pair. It is absolutely phenomenal from Shady Rays. Uh, they And even better, they have donated over 20 million meals to help fight hunger with Feeding America. So there's a lot to feel good about when you buy Shady Rays sunglasses. Plus, if you don't love them, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. So there's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code LakersNation for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Mike says, you could argue shrinking the rotation against Golden State isn't a good idea. Expanding it keeps guys fresher and LA has looked gassed at times. Agreed, especially at the guard positions, right? Where you're chasing Clay, you're chasing Steph Curry. These guys, especially Steph, I mean, just tremendously conditioned. Steph is going to run all game and you have to stick with him all game long. So against Memphis, shrinking your rotation was the answer for the Lakers in, in some ways to what Memphis was doing. It was okay, especially when we got to, to game six. It was, hey, Malik Beasley, Troy Brown, you guys aren't getting it done. You're out. You're out of the rotation. We're going to shrink down our rotation. We're playing the guys that we trust. We're going with an eight-man rotation. Really, it was more of like a seven-man rotation when you look at the minutes allocation. And uh, and that's what they went with until the game became blowout. I don't think the same strategy necessarily works against Golden State, particularly with the guards, because your guards are going to get worn out trying to chase these guys around. So Austin, Dennis, D'Lo, of course, they're all getting minutes. But that's where you need a Lonnie Walker in the mix. Or, or if it's not Lonnie, someone else, I think it will be Lonnie moving forward. But you need that other guy, that fourth player in the mix, simply to have those fresh legs out there. Coach J, Warriors fans complaining about free throw discrepancy. Yes, I've spent too much time talking about this already, and I talked about it at the top of the show. So, um, But nonetheless, yes, Warriors fans have been complaining about free throw discrepancy quite a bit. Again, the Lakers are elite when it comes to putting teams in positions where they have to foul the Lakers in order to stop them. Uh, so they are great. They're the, the top free throw shooting team in the NBA, and they're also elite when it comes to defending without fouling. The Warriors are the exact opposite. They are terrible at both those things. So yes, there's going to be a free throw discrepancy. There's going to be a big free, free throw discrepancy. There should be a big free throw discrepancy. Every single game, there should be a big discrepancy. Now, we, you may argue that 20 free throws, which is what game three was, is too many. Okay, but what, I mean, watch the game, right? Like the Warriors fouled a ton, a ton in game three. That's, I mean, if you foul, you get called for fouls. It would be like if Lakers fans were complaining that the Warriors are, are being allowed to shoot too many threes. That's what the Warriors do, shoot threes, right? The Lakers, they get to the free throw line. Why? Because they get into the paint and they put teams in positions where they have to foul them. That's their game plan. The Warriors game plan is to shoot threes. You can't be mad when that's what the team's game plan is. I know the officials are involved in that, but it's not necessarily the Lakers who are, uh, who are blowing the whistle here, but they are very good at putting teams in positions where they have to foul the Lakers and uh, it works and it works on, on multiple levels. It works offensively for them. And it also allows them to set their defense, which is critical. Uh, Mamba mentality. 
I like the Lonnie Walker and Schroeder pairing. Ham, keep using that. They fight screens correctly, and they bring offense as well. Yeah, I liked what we saw out of Lonnie defensively. Actually did a really nice job, and I thought Lonnie just had a good game in general. Uh, stayed within himself. We'll see if the Warriors try to pick on him at all now that they're going to be expecting to see him out there on the floor in game four. We'll see what that looks like, but I, you know what? Hey, so far, so good. Lonnie, I hope he keeps it up. I hope he keeps it up. He's got a lot riding on this postseason here. He's a free agent in the summer. We'll see what happens. Establish. How would y'all rate Ham's game three adjustments? I thought he did a great job. I thought that he threw some wrinkles at the Warriors that they weren't expecting in terms of his defensive matchups, moving Vando over onto Green, Austin onto Curry, um, doing these things. It, it worked out pretty well. Now, there might be some further adjustments to make. The Warriors will find ways to counter what the Lakers were doing. Again, playoff series are all about adjusting and then adjusting to the adjustments and, and on and on you go. So we'll see where things go from here. But... Yeah, I liked what, what Darvin Ham did in game three, putting Lonnie into the mix. Um, I, I thought it was a good adjustment. We'll see ultimately where things go. But so far, you know, for a rookie head coach, I think Darvin Ham's done a good job. Davion said, finally got my wish. Lonnie in the rotation. Yes, indeed. And he did a very nice job. Jason, hopefully AD can have good back-to-back -back games. Yeah, so we tend to, I think I, I think part of this is as humans, we naturally look for patterns in things we look for some type of predictability, right? And and I think that's part of it, right? For forever there, right? <laughs> like it felt like forever. We were saying Anthony Davis makes one, misses one of every free throw attempt, right? We thought that was that was just, that's, oh, that's what he is now. He makes one and misses one. And this is going to play out. And then you look at what happened in game three. That's not what happened at all. He didn't make one, miss one in game three. He was 11 of 12 from the free throw line. So obviously the, Sometimes there are patterns and things. Sometimes it's just coincidence. It's just randomness. Like, I, is there some, is Anthony Davis consciously thinking, okay, I had a good game last game, so I don't have to have a good game next game? I would hope not. I would hope not. But yeah, hopefully AD and the Lakers really show up for game four. It's massive. It is so huge. So huge. Like, if you can go up 3 1 in this series, that's big. Just like it's big if the Warriors can get game four and take back home court advantage. So this is a huge game. And I think the Lakers do. Even if, let me put it this way. I thought in the Memphis series, game four cost the Lakers game five, right? They burned so much energy in game four and winning that, that game five was kind of toast, right? As long as you get the win in game four, I'm fine with that. If the Lakers do that against the Warriors, that's fine. That's fine. As long as you get the win, you throw everything at the Warriors in game four and you get that win. Great. Now you've got a three, one series lead. You're going to go up for game five. Maybe you're going to be exhausted and you don't win game five in, in golden state, but you still have a chance to come back home. And then worst case, you get another opportunity to go up and try to close it out in game seven. Very, very difficult to do, but nonetheless, I think if you can get game four, you do it even at the expense of game five. If it, if it comes to that. Sultry speaking, keep defending home court. Great game. Yes. Again, you took home court away from the Warriors. If you lose game four, you give it back. So don't want to do that. Sean Mills, second through fourth was Lakers locked in on both ends. Yeah. I, I thought they looked really, really good on both ends of the floor. Thought they frustrated the Warriors. Now, some of it was, was the Warriors just missing shots. Some of it was the Lakers defense did a tremendous job. Give credit in both ways. 
Devin, should Troy Brown Jr. be back in the rotation for the Nuggets series? You know, Devin, I, I can't get ahead to the Nuggets series right now. The Lakers are up 2-1 on the defending champs. That I'm locked in on this. I, I, I will worry about Denver or whoever it is. It's now 2-2, Phoenix and Denver. I'll worry about that series when we get there. Marcelo, master lock the Lewis and brothers for making the Lakers quit in the second quarter in game two. Um, You know, you may look at the Lakers three-point shooting in game three and say, man, they shot 48% from three. That's not sustainable. Yeah, game two, the Lakers took one free throw more than the Warriors did. That's also not sustainable. That should not happen ever. And we've talked all about why. So I thought the officiating, in, and look, I'm biased, but I thought the officiating in game one and game three was good. I thought they called the fouls the Warriors were committing. Um, I didn't think the Lakers got away with anything crazy. And in game two, that was not the case. I thought the Warriors were holding and, and hacking and doing all kinds of stuff in order to take away the advantage the Lakers had from AD being in the post and being underneath the basket. And uh, they just got away with a ton. And that's not what you want to see. It's not what you want to see. So uh, it's not as, look, the players have to win the game. But how the officials approach game four, particularly with all this buzz about the free throw shooting, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Especially when the Lakers are involved here. Like I said, their strategy is getting to the free throw line. It matters for their offense. It matters for their defense. Their defense is all about defending without fouling. If you are not calling some of the things that are happening on, uh, and the Lakers are not getting to the free throw line, that is a huge win for Golden State. Could easily shift the whole series. Andrew, we can demoralize a team with our defense and by attacking the paint on offense. The Warriors can with their ability to hit threes. We succeeded. They did not. Hopefully that continues. Hopefully they continue to not hit threes. Because yes, the Warriors, they shot 50% from deep in game two. If they do that, you're probably not winning that game. They shot 31% from three in game three. They do that, you're probably winning that game. They are very reliant on the three-point shot. They're going to shoot a lot of them. Le Le LeBron James of cuteness said, Anthony Davis, have my kids. Okay then, wow. Liked Lonnie's minutes and Shaq looked solid. It was weird saying Shaq over and over again. <laughs> he was on the floor, but yeah, Lonnie, I thought Lonnie was great. All even uh, podcast said, Sean, I was talking to Sean. who was on the show when this comment came in. I don't think that Kerr has many wrinkles left. I think he needs to play Kaminga for fresh legs, but I think the Lakers are just better. I do wonder if we see more Jonathan Kaminga in, uh, in game four, but I don't think like if you're having to go to Jonathan Kaminga, if that's your desperation move in order to change the trajectory of the series, that's probably not a great sign that you're going to be that reliant on, on Kaminga. Now, can Kaminga make a difference on a few plays here and there? Sure. But is he a difference maker that's going to change the course of the series? Probably not. Probably not. So, I'd, on one hand, I agree. But at the same time, the Warriors, you never know when they're going to come out and your defense can be stellar and they might shoot 45% from three and you lose. And there's, I mean, they played great and they just, they just shot insane like that. That happens sometimes. And so even if Kerr doesn't have that many different levers left to pull uh, in this series, that doesn't necessarily mean the Lakers, it's just smooth sailing from here or anything. Uh, compartment said that angle though, Russell setting the tone in the first, yeah, I thought D'Angelo Russell was fantastic. Got it going. And he only scored all of his points in the first half. 
but he was tremendous for the Lakers, knocking in threes, doing everything he needed to do. And that helped get the Lakers going in a first quarter that was kind of tough otherwise. And that kept the Lakers afloat for a while. So that was fantastic to see from D'Lo. Hello World said, odd number three with a great game. Was a bit scared after game two, but we responded big time with 32. It was a 30-point blowout. Can't believe Lonnie's been a DNP for so long. Well, each series is going to provide different opportunities, right, for different personnel to make sense. And I made an argument for why Lonnie made sense against Memphis. We didn't really see it there. But um, you look back to 2020, to the championship season, like in uh, the second round against the Rockets. Well, suddenly starting Markeith Morris made a ton of sense. In the third round against Denver, starting Markeith Morris meant no, made no sense whatsoever. And it became, okay, do we, we're going to play Dwight and we're going to let him go after Jokic, right? Like every series pre presents its own challenges and requires its own response to those challenges. So look, Lonnie, I think, can be a good player, can be somebody that can help you out. But series to series how much sense it makes to play him may change. There may be some variations there. Is Lonnie the type of player where you just say, it doesn't matter what the matchup is? Like LeBron, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter what the matchup is. LeBron's in. Austin has gotten to the point where it doesn't matter what the matchup is. He's going to be in, right? Like these guys, some guys are on a level where it just doesn't matter. They're going to be in the game. Other guys, it might be situational, depending on the matchup and all of that. And I think that's that's more the category Lonnie is in. I do expect to see him for the rest of this series, though, against Golden State. Isaac, Austin struggling on offense because he has to guard Stephen Clay. Probably why Lonnie came into the game. Thoughts? Yeah, I think that's why you have to have, as I was saying before, that deeper bench rotation. You have to have extra guards in the mix, particularly because chasing those guys can sap your energy. I do think Austin is due or overdue for a really solid shooting night. He did get himself back to the free throw line finally. Had three games in a row of no free throw shot. Uh, and then finally had seven free throws in game three against the Warriors. Hopefully that is a sign of things to come. And you can get like, if you got a four for six, five for seven shooting night out of Austin with four or five free throws, that wouldn't shock me. And that could go a long way towards helping you out in game four. Sean Mills said, re-sign Rui. Yes, please. Yeah, I, I think they need to re-sign Rui. I like Rui a lot. Um, this series hasn't always, he hasn't been given as many opportunities as he was in the Memphis series, but and part of that is the Warriors going smaller and the requirement being that you can chase smaller guards on the perimeter. And that's not necessarily Rui's forte, but I still think he's a very, very good player who helps out a lot. And the fact that he's six, eight is a really big deal. helps the Lakers be bigger without being like a supersized team. And he can be a presence on the glass. He's, a, and he's also the kind of guy that, Hey, the offense Bogs down, things are falling apart, falling apart. You can give the ball to Rui and say, hey, create a shot for us. And he can do that consistently. Dennis said Lonnie should be in the rotation moving forward. Yeah, no disagreement there. Lakers fan said dominate the paint. Good things happen offensively and defensively. Agreed. And I like that you had it in defensively. We always have to keep in mind that offense and defense are not too disconnected things. They are very, very connected. When you take bad shots on offense, you put your defense in a difficult position. You put the opponents into semi-transition, makes their scoring chances much, much better going the other way when you take undisciplined shots on your own offensive end. Um, just like if you do some amazing things defensively and you make a, these great crisp rotations and you get misses, that can put you into your own transition offense 
and is going to create mismatches and going to create better scoring opportunities. If you get to the free throw line for the Lakers, that slows the game down. It lets your defense set up in the half court, puts you in a better position to get stops. It's all connected. And getting into the paint is the crux of the Lakers offense. Get to the paint, get to the free throw line, make everything happen that way. Carlos, another key adjustment was having Reeves guard Steph instead of guarding Clay. Austin can't stop Steph, but the idea was, well, Austin is going to be able to defend Steph well enough. And then when we get all these switches and things like that, that are being thrown in all these screens, then it's going to be Vando switching onto Steph or something like that. Great. You don't lose much there. If anything, if anything, and that was, I think a good adjustment by Darvin Ham. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Campbell. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, lose by 27. Watch us do better. Trevor, what do you guys think the uh, percentage is of Golden State just missing shots or Lakers defense just too much for them? I think it's it's both, right? Um, I would need to go back and look possession by possession to see how many times did the Lakers really just do a great thing defensively and force either a poor three-point shooter to take the shot like a Gary Payton the second. How many times did the Lakers close out and really contest on a three from Steph or Clay or someone like that? Those things, of course, matter. But uh, but I think it's it's really both. It's both things. The Warriors, they they just missed some shots. Clay had a terrible game three. Clay Thompson, five for 14 shooting, three for nine from three, six turnovers. For a guy who doesn't dribble the ball a ton, six turnovers for Clay. He was awful. Uh, he was awful for the Warriors. And, and, and part of that was the Lakers defense um, that did a good job forcing him into some difficult situations. So it's a bit of both. That's why I would expect the Warriors to shoot a bit better in game four, but hopefully the Lakers defense can continue playing at a very high level. Sosa, great game offensively and defensively, was a bit shaky in the first quarter, but thankfully the team pulled it off in the end. Keep the same energy for game four. It's going to be a battle. Yes, please. And again, if you are going to the game, get loud. There needs to be a real home court advantage for the Lakers, but yes, need to keep it going for game four. 
find a way to win game four. I think it is going to be an absolute battle and we're going to be on the edge of our seats for much of it. Joel said, I love Lonnie. I hope he can stay and have a spot on the rotation. Would rather have that than see him leave. A lot of potential there. Love Lakers Nation. Big win tonight. There, there's maybe some possibility for Lonnie to stick around with uh, non-bird rights. Can offer him about $7 million off the top of my head. Maybe that's enough. I don't know. We'll see. Does Lonnie want to stay after kind of being removed from the rotation for a while? We'll see. He'll be one to certainly keep an eye on this summer. Maddie James, hypothetically, if we advance, would love to see a 2020 Western Conference rematch between LA and Denver. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. So would a Lakers Sun series would be a lot of fun as well. Both both would be really interesting. Brandon Clay said he wanted to play for Kobe and his daughter, and he did a phenomenal job by losing. Yeah, I mean, a lot of players have said, you know, they they want to embody that Mamba mentality and, and all that sort of stuff. I'm not going to hold it against somebody for being inspired by Kobe Bryant, even if they don't play for the Lakers. Obviously, you don't want to see that player use that inspiration to beat the Lakers. So thank you, Clay, for having a poor game in this one. But he did shoot eight for 11 in the previous game from three. So Muhammad, is the AD stinker inevitable next game? No, I don't think it is. I think that's a pattern that we've latched onto, but hopefully that's not something that we see continue for game four. If we do, then the Lakers aren't going to win. I mean, really, it's in order to have a chance to win, you need to get a dominant Anthony Davis. That's the way it is for the Lakers right now. And, uh, and so hopefully they do. Hopefully they do. Brandon said, I don't think we appreciate how far we've truly come this year from two and 10 and wondering why LeBron signed an extension to being two wins from the conference finals. It really has been an incredible turnaround for the Lakers. It's been so badly needed for Lakers fans who went through an awful season last year, uh, a disappointing season, the one before bowing out in the first round. Now from feeling like you're so, I mean, two and 10 to start and just feeling like, oh no, here we go again, another unwatchable season and all of that. So here they are, two wins away from the conference finals. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. JP, it's not fun when the rabbit has the gun. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Now, can the Lakers keep it going for game four tonight? Lakers Nation, this is a big one. The Lakers need to get the job done here in game four, get the win that they so badly need, and take the series to 3-1 in their favor. Give me your thoughts on that in the comments down below. Can the Lakers get the win tonight? Make sure you do come join us over on Playback during the game. Playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. We'll be live there breaking down the game as it's happening. Watch the game directly with us there. And then after the game, come right back to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Lakers Nation, and join the post-game show. Till next time, everybody. See ya. And stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.